The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Full court press rolling on. Big day in sports, especially with the NFL. Some NBA news. Uh, four players for the New Jersey, uh, or I guess now the, the Brooklyn Nets. Or New Jersey. They haven't been New Jersey for a while. The Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant, one of them, testing positive for the coronavirus. Totally unrelated to the Utah Jazz, so can't bag on Rudy Gobert for that one. But uh, Kevin Durant has been confirmed, says he feels fine. Just got tested, came back positive. Very similar to Donovan Mitchell. He feels fine. But um, it is... Well, and the Lakers are now now sitting in a 14-day quarantine where they're right. all going to be tested, but they, they all are in Los be, Angeles. Yeah, sit in their homes and not move for a while and, and let this thing play out. And that's the thing is is really with this, and we're going to talk to head coach of Mountain Crest Baseball, Steve Hansen, who's his own kids have been dealing with this situation where they had a baseball season just barely getting underway and have to stop playing baseball cold turkey and then re-get going when it's time to get going, whenever that is. And But, yeah, I mean, that's the same thing with the NBA is they're going to stop and then whenever it's time. But, it, I mean, just this, this positive testing that keeps coming out with these NBA players just tells you more and more that that whole eight-week period is going to expand. I mean, you may not even see basketball until June if we're lucky. Right, because now it's affecting players beyond the Utah Jazz or those who came in contact with the Utah Jazz. Um, also, uh, news today, Kyler Fackrell on the move, leaving yeah. the uh, the Green Bay Packers. He's going to sign a one-year, $4.6 million deal with the uh, New York Giants. <laughs> so, Aggie fans, uh, we're uh, gonna see a Packers lot of fans, you're going to be field. now uh, Giants fans. So I, hope the best I ain't for doing him. it. I ain't doing you know, Giants fan. You kidding but me? I hope it works out for him. Uh, tomorrow on the show, uh, we're going to be talking to Tony Jones. He is a beat writer for The Athletic, covering the Utah Jazz. Really interesting piece he had uh, today. Uh, we'll talk to him about that, about the fractured relationship between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Can it be repaired, and can the Jazz move forward? Um, and he's in a self-quarantine Yeah, right now. And then uh, and then on Thursday, we'll have New England Patriots radio play-by-play guy uh, Bob Soshi with us on, on the air to talk about the New England Patriots situation, where they go from here, which is a really, really... First time in 20 years you're really in the situation where you're actually looking for a quarterback to be your starting quarterback for a whole 17-game season. So things are going to get pretty dicey. We'll, we'll try and get you the best coverage possible, though, and uh, and get you through this lull of eight weeks without sports. So. And it is looking like Tom Brady's probably going to Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's looking that more and more like it's the definite. Wow. Unreal. Uh, Eric, uh, we do have a special guest with us, and I don't want to waste any time getting here because I'm really excited about it. And the fact, so I called you coach. <laughs> I called you, I think, on Saturday, and then I didn't hear from you, and I was like, oh, yeah. I must have said something stupid on the radio, or like he must have heard a rumor well, or something that's about beyond, me. I mean, that's just a normal day. Okay, you know what? You just be quiet over there and push <laughs> buttons. Uh, no, but then, I, I think it was like national, don't answer your phone if it's Ajay Kalanay, because I called you and you didn't even answer, and I texted you too, Eric, and you didn't even answer. You texted me over the weekend? Yeah, don't. Stop it. You know I did. Anyways, I, I, I reached out to Coach Hanson, then he uh, he got back to me on Sunday, I think, and, and said you'd be available. And um, I don't know how, I guess, I'm always afraid to ask coaches if they want to do interviews because I still don't know how they're going to respond. And so I can't tell you much. I mean, me being underneath you for four years as your manager and whatnot, and, um, but this is awesome, and I'm excited about today. So thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate you. 
Oh, no, no, no problem at all. I, I like doing this and I like coming in and talking and, and anytime you want me or whatever, I, I can do it. But to be fair, uh, why I didn't answer your phone call is I was in the middle of a baseball game. So, so uh, <laughs> no we was playing deal. at Box Elder that day. And uh, uh, after the game, I did notice that you called, but it took me a couple oh, of days. Oh, it's just to me. I'm just back. egocentric. I'm but, like, why did anyway, Coach Nancy yeah. answer my calls? HP <laughs> is like the most important guy. Now it's like, nah, it's just Ache. <laughs> no. But, you know, you talk about that baseball game. That was your last baseball game until COVID 19 kind of just kicked in and affected you guys high school wise. How did the announcement get to you? And what was the discussion like with the team? Well, the day before on a uh, Thursday, uh, my athletic director, uh, Kevin Anderson, told me that, that the Utah Activities Association was shutting us down starting this Monday and uh, for two weeks. And so I scrambled around, and, and we was going to play uh, Box Elder on Friday and then also play uh, – I got a game going with Bountiful on Saturday to hurry and get in another game. But then Friday, some more details came out and everything, and so we couldn't play uh, on Saturday either. So it ended up uh, Friday was our last game against Box Elder. So what, when you told the kids, did they already know about it then? They, they heard rumblings about it. I, I took them out in the outfield and talked to them and, and told them we, we'd have to stop for at least two weeks. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't good news. Uh, a lot of teary eyes, a lot of disappointment. Wow. Uh, you know, just shutting down a season that we had a lot of uh, expectations about and and, and uh, was ex- were excited about and so on. Just basically say, hey, we got to stop for two weeks. This isn't fun. When uh, you look as a uh, initially the the word was the games would be postponed for a couple of weeks, and then later it was practices or any anybody getting together for any you know, groups like this. What was that like, or did you from that moment you got the word you said oh, we're, we're not just suspending games for a few weeks, we're suspending practices as well? No, no. At first, you know, they said we could practice, and so even us as coaches and that we sat down and started doing a a two-week practice plan, uh, doing some inter-squad games, uh, making sure our pitchers were still going to throw and, and get their innings in and, and all that. But then the next day is when it came out uh, that schools were were closing, which also meant uh, we had to shut down all the athletics and activities. And, and we can't even the, – the athletes can't even go on, on school grounds to practice or anything, even on their own. Really? So Yeah. So, so the schools are uh, – uh, all facilities and everything are, are shut down for – for any of that. Well, and the crazy thing is, you had a great schedule lined up, like especially non-region. Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas, like that's no that's no small potato right there. That's a really great schedule you had lined up for you guys. Yeah, we was excited to go to Vegas. Uh, it, it actually took us uh, some, some doing. It, it took us four months to convince uh, the school district and a lot of people to let us go out of state and to play. Uh, we got invited to their tournament, and uh, we went, went to work trying to get uh, the okay to, to go down, and we finally did. Took us a while, and we was way excited to go, but uh, uh, you know we had to cancel that. In fact, Vegas canceled their whole tournament. Oh, it was man. like, yeah, it was, it was next week. So, so we was playing them and, and a couple other Vegas schools, and uh, old Gorman is who they call. I believe there is out out of South Dakota. It's a real prestigious tournament, and we was way excited to go, but but unfortunately, we can't do that now. Do you in your conversations? We we had a conversation. Well, we had uh, John Oglesby with Utah High School Activities Association on with us yesterday. Um, any conversations that you've had with other coaches or other organizations that may indicate that there's a a chance that baseball could happen again if even if it's delayed, or are you coming to the realization that it's it may be over? Well, I think it all depends upon what they do with the schools. If schools stay closed. I don't see us playing anymore, you know, as long as the schools are closed. Once the schools open back up, I believe 
believe we'll start playing again. Uh, but you know, as, as it's going right now, I I don't know what it's going to be like like anybody else, but it, it's not looking good. That's for sure. And uh, you know, just conversations with some athletic directors and some other coaches and stuff. We're we're, we're hoping, but it's just yeah, things aren't looking good right now. What do you what do you tell the kids to do during this break? I mean, they can't practice on school grounds. They're throwing on their own or whatever the situation is. What do you tell them to do to keep themselves active, to make sure that they're ready to go when the time does come to complete baseball again? Well, we basically told them that. We gave them a workout schedule. We gave all the pitchers bullpen schedule. Uh, we uh, put some uh, players in charge. Uh, hopefully they're, they're taking some leadership roles that way and getting them together and, and uh, practicing and, and so on. But we're just hoping that, you know, they're they're mature enough and and wanting this enough that they can go work on their own because you know they they don't really need us coaches there all the time to work and 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 hopefully they're doing that and uh, staying in shape so when we get back uh, we're, we'll be ready to go because uh, when we get back it's it's going to be like uh, game time I mean we won't have time to get back into shape it's time to play so so hopefully they're, they're doing all that on their own so yeah odd question uh huh we've seen some movement in the NCAA to grant an extra year of eligibility Ooh, yes. good question for here. college players, uh, seniors in spring sports. Uh, there's a, the news that the, the governor of Florida says that parents can keep their kids in the same grade next school year. They wanted an extra year of eligibility for high school sports. Would you foresee something like that in the state of Utah? Would you think that would make sense, or do you think that's – because you have a ton feasible. of talent coming back for a senior season, right? Yeah, we, we have eight seniors right now that, that's been playing for Good us basically gosh. for, you know, three years now, some of them for four years. But uh regards to that question, you know, I haven't really thought about that in the high school. I know that they're talking about it in college and so on, but that would be that would be interesting if all of a sudden, uh, you know, all of a sudden I guess you have a fifth-year senior. Yeah, really. You know, so, yeah, I I, I don't know. I and I don't know how many of the, of the players would want to come back. I, I don't know. Uh how that would work if, if they'd want to go on, you know, with their lives. I know some of us had on some missions that going to college, you know, that sort of stuff. But, you know, I, I haven't heard any of that. I have heard that they might push it into the summertime, which also, you know, mess up a few plans for some of the players. But, uh, would you as yeah, a head coach be okay with that? If it would you go into summertime or would you rather move on with your next year squad and prep them? No, I, I, I'd be way okay with going in the summertime. Okay. Because, uh, you know, these seniors, and it's just not us, it's everybody around the whole state. It's, uh, you know, they, they deserve their senior year some way or another if they can get it. And, you know, just the work, the time, the money, you know, their parents, grandparents, you don't, just everybody deserve, deserves their senior year. And, and then also not to have it, that, that, that's tough. So, so yeah, I'd be all for going in the summertime. That'd be that how How deep would you want to go in because i know there's a lot of other sports basketball football whatever you know the whole battle with it how deep would you be okay going into summer with this season to finish well, up I, I think we could definitely go through the month of june without any problems Absolutely. that way uh and then yeah once some other sports starts and so on but you know with, with us and, and most schools uh we're playing all summer long anyway so so it's just a, a matter of uh, continuing on the high school season so so yeah, I'd I'd be all for that if, if that was. So you like the the, case. Uh, what, the American Legion. Yeah, which is yeah. what you guys do. Is that what you guys yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, we play American Legion. So so we're playing all the way up till first part of August anyway. So 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 we'd be used to all that. Yeah, when does be, the normal high school baseball season typically end? It's it's our state tournament. I don't know exact dates, but it's it's about the third 
third week of May would be the would be the championship week. So, so yeah, so it it definitely ends you know before school's out. So so it, it it'd be interesting if they did go back in, into the summertime. That's for sure. Hmm. Yeah. So you want to go down to Stalto Lane with me? Yeah, let's do I, it. I, I seriously am so excited about. It. I've been wanting to do this forever. <laughs> so do you? In fact, I uh, before you even get to the embarrassing stories, I'm just going to go ahead and minute them out loud. Do you remember my first game as a, you're your manager my sophomore year? We're at Timfew, and here's you, Rich Gittins, Nick Lee, and of course Brad Parkinson. Yes. And Brad was full of these outlacious stories. And I, I believed everything. If you would have told me that a cow jumped over a moon, I would have said, no way, how? <laughs> so he goes in there, and Eric, I kid you not, there's a house that's about 300 yards above this fence where the home run fence is. And, I mean, it's a huge white house. Brad turns to me, and Coach Hanson and Lindley are sitting right there, and Brad goes, you know what, Jay? I know that house right there. And I'm like, oh, really? Who lives there? Well, it's a beautiful lady. I, uh, I was playing here my sophomore year. It was a varsity game, and I hit a home run, and it actually hit the top window on the right side of the house. And I was like, really? And Nick <laughs> Lindley has seeds in his mouth, and he, like, bends over and, like, walks away, and Steve, Coach Hansen, puts his head down and walks away as well. And I was like, no way. He goes, yeah. In fact, the, the ball went through the window, and this lady came out and nothing but a towel, and she was angry. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And then she found out who it was that hit the home run, and she invited me into her house. I was like, no way. And by this time, Coach Gittins is like in the fetal position in the corner of the dugout just laughing in tears, just dying. And Coach Parkinson, credit to him and Coach Hanson for like keeping it real because they made me believe it. Coach didn't even smile, didn't grin. And I, I turned to Coach Hanson. I was like, really? And he goes, yep. I remember that home run. That was a deep one. <laughs> and I was like, no way. I was the most gullible kid back then. Yes, that is true. That, and that, that is a true story without doubt. And- it was always fun stories. having all Jay along, uh, somebody to harass a little bit, and and uh, I was yeah. I was yeah I was the com- I guess the comical <laughs> uh, little dump bucket. Coach, it's incredible what you've done at Mountain Crest. Uh, Three hundred thirteen wins, one hundred sixty five losses. I was doing some math here. Uh huh. Only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times in your entire career at Mountain Crest have you had a losing streak of three or more games. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen times have you had a winning streak of six or more games? And of those sixteen times, whatever, I think twelve of them were in region play. Uh, you sent twenty-five kids to first team all state. You have two four A MVPs, and you have twenty-nine kids second all team. Like when you look back at your career, when you're when it's all said and done. What do you attribute your success to the most? Well, uh, you know, of course, we, we've we had good, dedicated players, without a doubt, without throughout the years, ever since I've been to Mountain Crest. You know, our coaching staff, you mentioned some of them, you know, throughout the years. Now we've got Dustin Smith and Zach Brinkerhoff. We've had Rich Giddens. This is the first year Rich Giddens has in a, a coach with me ever since I've been at Mountain Crest. And, and my son, Trace, and... Uh, just all the coaches throughout it, we've had a great, great coaching staff. And, and the players have really bought in to what we're doing. And we, and, and we work hard. We really do. We, we, uh, we do a lot, of, a lot of things, a lot of things during the summertime. And we expect a lot of our players, and, the, and they've bought in. And just real fortunate to, to be able to, uh, to win some games and, 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 you know, have the players have their uh, individual awards and so on. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. But, but believe me, it, it's a team effort. It's a – 
it's not me. It's not that. I just kind of, you know, do up the schedule and yell now and again. And, <laughs> and that's, about, that's about it. But yeah, I, I got a lot, a lot of help around me. You, I didn't know this. You won a state championship at Twila. So what, first of all, what was that season like? And what got you to Mountain Crest? How did that whole journey from Twila to Mountain Crest come about? Yeah, in, in 1996, uh, we did win a state championship at Twila. In fact, uh, I believe it was the third round of the, of the tournament. We uh, played Mountain Crest in the state tournament and beat Mountain Crest uh, during that state tournament and, and that. But but I've always liked uh, uh, Cache Valley. You know, uh, right after me and my wife Jill got married, we moved up here even without a job, and we lived here for three months before I went off to to uh, college. But uh, the old coach Jim Blotter, I always told him, "Tell me when you're going to quit, so so I can come up there and take your job and." Uh, uh, replace you and he, he called me one day and said hey i'm gonna this is my last year i'm gonna hang him up and then so i called up the principal at that time and uh which was my uncle i think it was mike, Salveson. Uncle, mike yeah. Salveson, yes exactly and and things just got rolling and and i made it up here i love twila uh we had some good success at twila i was a head coach there for six years and and uh you know had some great players but we just always wanted to live up here and so things turned out good Eric, do you have any questions? Or do you want me to keep going? Yeah, here? no, I do have some questions. So when you look at the, over those years that you've been here at uh, in this area, you've seen a lot change with uh, Mountain Crest growing, going into the five A classification, things changing with uh, different who's in the region, who's not in the region, realignments, and all of that. Over those years, the 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 state of baseball in this area. How would you? I guess classify the the level of talent of baseball in Northern Utah and how it compares to maybe some other parts of the state. Yeah, you know, Northern Utah, it, it is tough up here because of the weather. Uh, we we can't get out as soon as uh, other parts of the state. You know, even this year, Friday was the first time we've been out on our field. Wow. Uh, we took ground balls before uh, we went over to play box elder, uh, and, and so that's tough. But individual players and that they they find ways to to play and get better. And and I believe we. Uh, we, we are just as good or, as, as anybody in the state. Um, at, at times it takes us longer to, uh, to become a better team to, to, you know, by the end of the season, but I, but I believe we catch up. There's times that we've gone down to St. George and we just get handled by some of those teams down there. And, uh, you know, by the time state tournament rolls around, we're, we're, we're beating them in the state tournament. So, so yeah, Northern Utah baseball, we're, we're fine. We're, we're just as good and we're just – we put out just as many players and so on, and I think I think we're right up there with anybody. Who was the best player that you coached against that you had to face? You're like, man, I just, I don't want that guy on the field. Uh-huh. That's a He's list killer right yeah, there. Yeah, you know, there, there's quite a few. You bring it up, I I, I got got to think. You know, here in the valley, a hitter that that it was always hard to get out, and, and I think he still plays a little bit. As old as Todd Barr at, oh, at yeah. Skyview. He was playing at Skyview, and, and every time he come up to the plate, it, it was it was very tough to get him out, and uh, uh, we just tried everything. Uh, but 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 I think with him, he he's just coming to, coming uh, to my mind right now. He he he's definitely one of those guys. I mean, yeah. there's a list of pitchers that you faced in the state of Utah that are like, I mean, you want to talk about elite? Uh, you faced Tanner Robles. In uh-huh. the state championship, or at least in the state tournament, I believe my brother's senior year. Yeah. When you guys went to that state tournament, uh, you faced um, who was Aaron? Was it, it wasn't Aaron Jensen? Who was the Cypress kid? Our our 2003 year 
where we were undefeated, but then lost to Bountiful and faced Cyprus. I can't remember the kid's name from Cyprus, so he shut us out. Yeah, three nothing. We lost that game, and you I can't. Know, Cyprus has had a couple of kids that, that have gone on and played and played up into AAA and also in the major leagues. Uh, right now, their name slipped me, but but I know who you're talking about. The Robles kid, you know, from Cottonwood, he beat us. We was the only undefeated teams in that in that tournament in the semifinals. And he ended up, uh, Cottonwood beat us that game. And he's and a lefty, he was, right? Yeah, he was a lefty. He was Ugh. lights out. He was, Ugh. he was, uh, he was very good. I believe he still holds a bunch of state records. Yeah. On that. But we ended up playing Cottonwood again. And that was 2007. Uh, we won our next game and then played them in the state championship game. And they, they, act, they beat us. So we took second that year. But, My but yeah, gosh. uh, that Cottonwood team was, was, fantastic <laughs> they were loaded yeah and the fact that you guys went toe-to-toe with them in, yeah. in in that final game i know uh it was on a fly ball that was just i mean almost nearly caught by was it goo who was it in the outfield uh, i think it was actually kyler webb goo was playing uh center field kyler webb uh uh colton watterson, watterson was another I one i believe colton watterson was the one that dove and it popped out of his mitt and they scored the oh. the, the winning run in the bottom of the seventh to, to win the state championship we jumped up on them early early in the game but you know they finally they kind of chipped away and, and got to us there at the end. But, Eric? But, yeah, that was fun. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a time out yeah. here with the Coach and uh, find out more about the state of baseball, latest news, and how the, these local teams are handling the news today where can't practice, can't play, and the season was just getting started. Uh, and then also a walk down memory lane with uh, some of the great things that have happened in high school baseball in the area. So stick around. We're going to take a short time out. We'll be back in about three minutes here on the Full Court Press. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. I feel bad. I'm just like taking over your sh- like your hour right now. Forgive me. No, this is good. It's this fun is walking fun, like, down memory like, lane. To sit down with Coach Hanson though, and just talk like baseball because, I mean, we uh, like when you're in the midst of it, you don't ever. He's not a reflecting kind of guy. He doesn't ever just sit back and say, you know what? Yeah, but it's, look, you know, he, it's a present. It's a day to day thing. But right now, when you don't have baseball, unfortunately, because of the whole COVID nineteen thing, it. I was like, this might be the best time to be able to get away with this and uh, and and uh, get him when he's vulnerable. So again, coach, thank you so much for your time. This is no, no, a blast. No, this, th- yeah, this is great. Hey, uh, I I want to get back. In fact, Eric, do you have any? I mean, do you want to start with anything before I? Because I'm going to just take off here in about two minutes and just go with them. <laughs> well, um, I, I just with uh, I was going to ask him about RPI. Please, please. Uh, just uh-huh. I know you didn't get a chance to go through a full season of it, but you had a chance to see how it was working in football and basketball and it was in place as you were working on your schedules. What your What's your interpretation of, of RPI and how it, it could have worked uh, for, for baseball and what may have happened with the season this year? Well, you know, at first I was real skeptical of the RPI, but, but seeing football, basketball and that go through it and the state tournaments they went through and, and how they, you know, for the most part, the better teams was there at the end, and uh, the state tournament games were, were just great. Uh, all the basketball games were really good, state tournament, the championship games, and and that. So, so uh, you know, it kind of grew on me, and I was very excited to see how it was going to work in baseball. And, and our, na- our new state tournament format was is, is way exciting, and, and I believe the, the top team is going to come out 
uh, of each classification. Yeah, uh, ex- explain that. That was another question I was going to have for you. Explain the, the new format, how it's different than uh, how it used to be. Yeah, you know, right now, so so everybody makes a tournament. Uh, we have 21 teams in 4A. So number 20, 20 and 21, according to the R- R- RPI, would uh, play just a single game to get in, so there'd be 20 teams left. And then teams 13 through 20 uh, would play a single game. One through 12 would buy. And so the, those guys that came out of the single game, would then they would reseed. So the number one wow. team would always play, say, if there's a number 18 team that came through that single, they'd play the eight or, or however it found out. Then they would play a two, best two out of three uh, there. And then from that, there'd be down to eight teams. And then they would start the double elimination tournament. Uh, then the next week, but the eight the eight teams would actually be two four team brackets, and they would play double elimination, come through the t- four team brackets. It's like the College World Series, yeah. And then the top two teams that came through that bracket would play the best two out of three for the state championship. With the new pitch count rule, how much would it affect it though? I mean, that'd be tough, wouldn't it? Yes, very very much so. With the pitch count rule now, uh, it would you have to be deep in pitching. And, and that's what I think uh, I believe a lot of the coaches are excited about is that, you know, sometimes you can go through that state turn with, with two pretty good pitchers. But, but now, you know, you got to have five, six, seven decent pitchers to make it through that tournament. So, so I think that the true team, the deepest team, and that comes out, w- would come out of that. Speaking of which, you guys have a pretty deep team. Uh-huh. I mean, you got Mason Baldwin coming back. You've got uh, Garrett Archibald. Archibald. Is he back, right? Is it Archibald? Yeah, Caleb. Caleb Archibald. Caleb Thank Archibald, you. yes. Sorry, Coach. Uh-huh, no. and you have a couple other kids. I mean, you guys have a pretty deep pitching staff, something that you're known for through the past years. Yeah, you know, our pitching st- staff is great. In fact, uh, we have coaches that have, have kind of struggled with getting everybody the innings they need. We've only played the three games, but uh, uh, trying to get the innings so they are prepared for that state tournament uh, is, has been kind of a tough task for us, but – but, you know, last year we had a, a successful year, and we, we got our whole pitching staff back, and, mm. and we're, we're way excited about that. So. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do it then. Uh, 1999, you guys uh-huh. become the second team in state history behind Spanish Fork, who had done it earlier, I think five years earlier, to go into a loser's bracket, work your way back, and win a state championship. Can you describe what that week was like? For I, I'm too young to remember. i got to be honest. Well, I, I tell you, there there is nothing like a state uh, tournament in baseball. Uh, it, it is like just day after day after day, the emotions you feel, the ups and downs, and and that it's it's just crazy. It, it's a week of craziness and and fun and all that. But but we ended up we lost our third game of the tournament and came back and we had to win two games on a Wednesday, a game on Thursday. And two games on a Friday. So is that five that. games, six games in three days? It would have been. Five games in three days, yeah, yeah. To to do that and and with the pitching and, and it, it's tough. I, I mean, you you got to get on a roll and so on. But the roller coaster ride and stuff, it, it's it's an unbelievable feeling for for everybody. You know, from the fans, players, coaches. There, it, it, it's 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 just an awesome feeling. You had, if I remember right, Jed Jensen finishes as a four A MVP, rightfully yes. so. Uh-huh. But Nick Bott was so good. In that tournament, I, if I remember right, he had a game-winning home run, right, in one day? Yeah, it, actually, in, in the, the Wednesday, we, we had the doubleheader on that Wednesday. We played Sp- Spanish Fork, and he hit a seventh-inning home run to go ahead there against Spanish Fork. And then we also had Pleasant Grove, and he hit a bottom of the seventh, a walk-off. <laughs> in one day. Home run, in, in one day, back-to-back <laughs> games. And, 
you know, at that time, well, even right now, you know, Spanish Fork and Pleasant Grove are, are, are great programs and, and to beat them in one day, but it was just un- unbelievable. And then the next day we ended up playing Murray again, which beat us earlier in the tournament. But, but yeah, Nick was a junior that year and he was, he had legitimate power. He was a, he was a player. He ended up going, played at Salt Lake and then ended up going to the University of Houston and played for a couple of years. He played and, the College World Series, didn't he yeah, once? Yeah, he played with, with, yeah. Um, I can't, was the it, University of Houston. I, I don't know if the College World Series, but the regionals. Or, regionals, something or like something. that, yeah. yeah, yeah I remember exactly. seeing him on TV once, yep, and my yep. brother was like freaking out and how yeah. cool it was. So <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, he was a legit player without a doubt. So. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a couple controversial questions here okay. just a bit, just in regards of uh, I'm going to try and get you to answer them. But I, I want to start to uh, – when you go to 2003, you finish the season. I remember it was my junior year. You're 27-0. and 0. Yes. Were the were, do I, yeah, it's twenty two and zero or twenty seven or something. I think it's twenty two and zero. And we're the twenty seventh ranked team in the country. Yes. And Bountiful had just played a playing game against Murray in extra innings just to get to us. Uh huh. And then we go and we lose to Bountiful at home. And in fact, and I nobody really remembers this, but Nick Gillison, who was a really good pitcher for us, Eric, lost both those games. We lost two games all year, and Nick yes. Gillison was the losing pitcher. He shouldn't have been because our hitting went just south. But Nick Gillison was a losing pitcher. That bountiful loss still eats at me today. Hey, it, it does me too because, uh, you know, we, we had, as you said, 27th ranked team in the nation, 22 and all going in the tournament, and to lose that game was just devastating. I, I mean, we had it all set up, ready to go, and, and all that. And, and, and it eats at, at me all the time. In fact, I talk to our coaches all the time that, you know, that we had Ryan Zimmerman that year. Yes, we and did. And Ryan Zimmerman was, was you know, and we didn't was, throw him that day. No, he, right. did, he didn't pitch. We threw Nick Elison. I forgot. Uh, I made a dumb coaching mistake, and uh, uh, not that Nick was bad. I think we ended up losing three to one or three to two. It was four to one. Four to one. Is I that can't what it believe was? I remember that. Yeah, that's yeah. sad. Not that he was bad at, at all, but I think it got bountiful. That little motivation, like, hey, they're not because everybody knew Ryan Zimmerman, and they're like, they was like, hey, they're not pitching their number one guy. They, they're not taking it seriously. And I think also that kind of made us kind of relax a little bit too. And, I, and I've told my coaches ever since that if the rotation is like it is, we will always throw our number one pitcher. No uh, from there on and, out. And, and that was our, has been our policy. We, uh, in fact, I remember it, Daniel Blodorn was yep. the uh, pitcher for them. Exactly. And uh, there was a controversial play, I think, in the seventh inning, Eric. We had our leadoff batter, Carl Blad, or I think it was Blad. can't remember who it was, but he went to go hit – and the catcher stuck his mid out, and there was interference, but they didn't call they didn't it. They didn't call it, yeah. And he was out by like a half a step. And uh, and it just, I mean, it flipped that inning upside down. So the top of the lineup up, and I thought we were going to win that baby. I just, I was, it was unreal to lose that. And it was such a big deal, Eric. We were on the front page of usatoday.com on the sports page that we yeah. had lost as a ranked team yeah, to an unknown bountiful squad. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't a fun night, that's for sure. Yeah, it was a long one. That, yeah. And then I remember we fought our way back into it. We beat East. You pitch Ryan, and we yeah. win easily 9-1. to one. Yes. Um, and then actually before that, we played Spanish 4. Spanish 4. And we were down 4 nothing in that game. Yeah, throw, throwing Ryan. Ryan. And, and Spanish Spanish Fork was upset, you know, the day before also. That's so, right. So that is the two of us that were highly ranked teams playing in an elimination game on day two. And, and so – at that time, I was I was glad that uh, we had Ryan available at that time. But yeah, they they jumped out on us, but but we came back. Scored and, nine runs, I think we scored like four in the four in the fifth and five in the sixth, and erupted. I know, and then I we we, we go to I can't remember the tournament was it in BYU was it in Provo at the time 
Uh, we played at? Yes. Uh-huh. And we played Bonneville for the fourth time in like three weeks. We we played Bonneville in a three-game series back then, Eric. It, the three-game series would just happen back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. And in the regular season finale, it rained. And so we were supposed to play Bonneville at home, but they flip-flopped it so they could decide the region champion. We went to Bonneville. Do you remember this? Yes. Uh-huh. And then we got a back. Uh, let's see. Carl Blatt hit a leadoff home run. Yes. And then we beat Bonneville there, and we play him back at our place. We sweep the doubleheader, and it was controversial because Ryan had beaten this kid like three times <laughs> in, in one game, and then the next kid hit a tying home run. I remember, and I still remember this to this very day, um, Ryan comes to the dugout, and it was after the game, actually, and you had asked Ryan, did you beat him on purpose? And Ryan's like, coach, we won. It's all right. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> and I think you went to Luke and you asked him a question. And Luke's like, "Yeah, yeah, we threw on him on purpose." <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing about Ryan is, if you look at our record book, uh, he holds about every pitching record we have. Uh, Second in ERA he, by he, state history. Yeah, state hit. And uh, you know, he, he he's one of those guys that could throw it wherever he wanted at, at any oh, time. Oh, he was but, incredible. But if you also look at our record book, uh, he leads the team in most hit batters, and uh, so. <laughs> He would never say he tried to hit him, but but you know Ryan was so competitive and so he he was he was just something that just fierce out there on the on the athletic field and so it was uh, a holiday being three times yeah it was holiday being three times and one of them and the third time the ump came out to him and Ryan goes it slipped because it was wet yeah and he goes it slipped I I couldn't I couldn't feel the curveball so as <laughs> we beat him and then we go to the state tournament and we're gonna go to break here in just a bit but uh, I got to ask you about this after the break. Bonneville, the fourth time, was one of the most classic baseball games I've ever seen and one of the gutsiest gahone calls I've ever <laughs> seen you make in a baseball game in the bottom of the seventh with a chance to win the baseball game. We'll get what we're talking about here. Coach Hanson, Mount, head Mountain Crest baseball coach, joins us. Eric France and myself here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and AJ Salveson, uh, yeah, talking about high school baseball. Uh, this is now fun. and uh, back then. I just got a text and they said I was gonna I was gonna yell at you and say why don't you talk Logan baseball? But there's not a lot to talk about is what I was just told. <laughs> yeah. oh. So I don't know who that came from or what they're a fan of. So that's a shot at Logan. That that's a mean shot. Uh, coach Hanson, uh, head coach of the Mountain Crest baseball team, illustrious career. He's gonna. Are you in the Utah High School Hall of Fame yet? That's a probably a no. I- no, You'll be I'm there. I'm, yeah. I'm calling it right now. Hey, I got to ask you a question before that. Do you remember the same year, 2003, Ryan gets inducted into the National College Sports Hall of Fame or whatever it is? It's yes. a big deal. Black tie thing. Yep. He decides to skip our baseball game against Roy and go to that game. And I think, if I remember, I, I don't know if he was supposed to throw or not, but he skips the game. And then the next day we play at Roy and coach. This is... I mean, Coach has this vision goggle, right, where you know what? We're, it's a team thing. It's always team. And he benches Ryan for missing the game before. Yeah. And it was this huge controversy. Like, I mean, there was uproar from some people that will not leave, you know, mention their names, but there was some uproar of why isn't Ryan Zimmerman playing when we need this win against Roy? And we beat Roy 6-5, to five, but you actually called in Ryan in the seventh inning to come save that game. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. What was the – I mean, in your thought process, you know what? He is celebrating his career, but he did leave the team. What was the thought process? And you know what? I'm going to bench him. Well, that, that's that's just been our philosophy throughout 
all the years. You know, if you don't make it to to a practice or a game or anything like that, there there's some consequences, or there's also some rewards for those guys that are there to practice yeah. and and so on. And Ryan had to make a tough decision because that, that was a great award for him to go to, uh, uh, and that you know that football award. But but uh, you know he missed the game, so so we had to sit him out the next game. I remember. And, Sorry, I remember uh, Ryan complaining about the next day. And so I went to you because I was like the voice between the team and coach. Like if there was a complaint, I was going to bring it up to coach and let coach answer it. And I remember going to you and saying, hey, you know, Ryan had this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and you benched him. Why? And you said something really pointy. You said, you know what? I would have loved to have been to my daughter's first soccer game. That's very true. I would have yep. loved to have been to my, uh, my son's first game. And I couldn't because I was coaching. And he goes, we have to make sacrifices for this profession. And it was it was one of the most it was the best answer I could have ever learned that it's always T E A M when they win a state championship they don't just give it to an individual guy it's a whole team and that's I remember you bringing that up uh, I got to ask you 2003 state playoffs we get to Bonneville and we commit five errors in the first inning yeah everybody in the infield Eric third short second and first all had an error. And I think either Luke or a pitcher had an error as well. Five errors in one inning. And I, I remember looking at you screaming. And you were so cool, calm, and collective. Nothing ever faced <laughs> you. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, Coach, I think it was Ryan who booted the ball. I'm like, Coach, what is going on? And you said, all right, we're fine. Here we go. Make a play. And I'm like, how does he stay so calm? We get after the inning. We all huddle up. And Coach is like, is someone going to make a damn play here? This is a state tournament baseball. Start playing like it. And I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> uh, we end up being, they score five in the seventh, in the top of the seventh. And they have a one-run lead, I believe. Yeah. And then Kyle Hamilton hits a double. And I think that scores a run to tie it, if I'm not mistaken. And then Fl- you put Fligger, who's the slowest kid in baseball history, on third <laughs> to pinch run. And Tommy Holland's at the plate. And you let Tommy Holland, I think with two outs, Squeeze. Was it two outs, right? Yeah, I don't know if it was two outs or not, but yeah, he, he did. He gets yeah, a squeeze bunt down. Yeah. And they and the pitcher, for whatever reason, goes to home and he can't handle it and Fligger slides in. One of the gutsiest coach, gutsiest calls I've ever seen you make. Yeah, you know, after the fact, it, it came down to that. But, you know, if he would have got out, it would have been the dumbest call I've ever <laughs> One of the dumbest calls I've done. So so it happened to turn out. But, yeah, that, that, was, that was exciting without a doubt. So. Is that the one year that stings you that you went? I mean, what's the one year that stings you that you did not win a state championship in baseball? All the great teams you've had, but, and I say only two state titles. What, uh-huh. What's the one year that hurts you the most? Yeah, you know, 2003, we, we had the team to do it. We, we had all the players. We had everything in line. and. And we just didn't end up doing it. But you know, to win a state championship, you you, you got to be good. You, there's always those four or five teams that has that legit shot of winning it, and you just got to have things go your way too throughout the tournament. And uh, they just didn't that year, and 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 that. But you know, 2003, yeah, yeah, we we had the team to do it, which we didn't. So. Oh, seven, you go to the state championship, you uh-huh. lose to Cottonwood on yeah. a heartbreaker. I mean, you gave them everything they could handle and more. So, oh nine, you get back to the state championship. And uh, this was a wild turn. Because I remember being at this tournament. They started doing live blogs and such. And uh, I, was, I was part of this blog. And Kyler Webb has this, like, most emotional, high-to-low roller coaster I've ever seen for a kid in baseball. Can you, can you kind of reminisce for that for us? Yeah, you know, Kyler was, at that time, he was our closer. And, and in fact, we, we, the day before uh, 
couple of days before on, on the Tuesday night, we, we was playing Cottonwood. And Cottonwood had, you know, three or four college D1 commit signees. They're, you know, we ended up beating them. They're, you know, to put it down on paper, there's there's no way we should have beat them. But, but we ended up beating them. And Kyler came in and closed out that game. And he was just he was throwing as hard as I've seen him throw. Uh, I mean, he, he, he was lights out. The next day we brought him in to close. And, and it just wasn't his day. And, and they hit him pretty good. And uh, we, I believe for two Two games in a row, you know, he, he blew the save, uh, and we didn't. We, Was it we two came games back. in a row? Yeah, we came back and won the one, and then uh, the one game uh, they hit a walk off. Uh, That's right, Dixie, yeah, right? They hit a walk off grand slam against us after we took the the lead in the top of the seventh, and so we had to turn right back around and 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 play uh, Provo uh, right after we lost in in that fashion, which is always very tough to do. So. Yeah. And then he comes back, and is it? I can't remember what the situation was, uh, but someone I think was it to Christensen or someone walked right to get on base. Is that someone who hadn't seen a lot of varsity at bats? Yeah, we uh, going in the seventh. It was actually two away, nobody on, down by two runs, which is just and, doomed. Yeah, we, you know, it, we, I'm sure we was all thinking, you know, in the back of our mind, season over, uh, you know, that sort of stuff. And Tyler Christensen uh, didn't have many varsity at bats, ended up walking. Uh, Zach Lindley came up next and got a base hit. And then I believe it was Derek Lishman. I, I don't know. I don't remember exactly the next next person walked. So we have bases loaded and Kyler comes to the plate. And he just hits a line drive laser over the center fielder's head uh, to score all three runs, and, and we win the game. <laughs> and then we, we head to the, the state uh, championship games the next day. So so that, that was way wild from, you know, Possibly, you know, down to our last out, and all of a sudden now we're playing. This. Did you have to beat Dixie twice? Yeah, we had to beat Dixie, Dixie twice on that second day. So, yeah. So, uh, the first game, uh, you know, it, we we beat not real good, you know, four or five runs. But then the 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 actual state championship game was was a tough one. So, it was a good game. The, the second game, was that Taylor Root's robbery of a home run? Yeah, Taylor Root caught a ball up against Did the Did you fans. think it was gone, was, by the way? Because I, thought, I, it I thought it was gone. They, they had a big commit, I believe, to Kansas. Uh, Dallin Weber uh, just killed the ball, and I thought it was gone. I thought season over, and and the Taylor Root went back to left field wall and outstretched and caught it, and we got the next guy to hit a comebacker and to the pitcher, and we end up winning the state championship. So yeah, he's owner of two state titles. He's uh, the owner of a, a Sterling three hundred thirteen and one hundred sixty five record, numerous region champions, and he's also placed twenty five kids in the first team all state, two four MVPs. And 29 kids in the second team All-State as well. It's uh, head coach Steve Hansen of Mountain Crest Baseball. We're going to take our final break, come back, wrap this baby up with uh, Coach and Eric here on the Full Court Press. Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson, and uh, this has been a fun conversation. Oh, fun. Walk down memory lane for local baseball. Uh, before I Go before I let you wrap this up, this has been really fun with Coach Hanson. Coach, I just got to ask you: just where, as long as you've been coaching baseball, specifically high school, how have you seen it change or evolve over time, and where do you see it going? Do you see that there could be more changes to the way the game is played? Well, you know, this is my 25th year coaching, and uh, uh, without doubt, the game has evolved and, and gotten much better since since I first started. And, and I believe that's just all sports, all levels. You know, kids are just 
stronger and faster and they take it more serious. They, they want to become, become better. Uh, and, and it's kind of their life now a lot of times. And, and, I, and I believe, you know, it, it has gotten better. And I think baseball and just high school sports in general, are, it, it's just getting better and better as, as it is. And the opportunities out there for them is, is just great. And, and um, I, the, just the high school athletics has gotten better in general, I believe, throughout the years. Interesting. Yeah. Coach, uh, Trace Hansen's a pretty good ball player, it looked like, in his high school career. Uh, not too bad, knowing that uh, he had a pretty good family to learn under from. He, he finished sixth in his career in hits. In, in, by the way, this is all around in state. Seventh in hits in a season. Third in doubles in a career. Tenth in ribbies in a career. Is he the best player you ever coached? Well, you know, Trace, you know, is my son. So, so it's always hard to, <laughs> to kind of talk that much about him. But, but, yes, in my mind, you know, to put all that aside, he, he's had the, he had the best high school career of any player that I, that I coached. That's uh, saying something, too. Yeah, uh, you know, from a sophomore year on, you know, he's All-Valley MVP for three years. He's All-State for three years in both newspapers. All-Tournament team, you know, he, he, he owns some records, you know, in, in the top ten and so on. He was just consistent from day one. And, and uh, I, I believe knowing the game and, and just the consistency and, and wanting to play every day, he, he's, he's been player eric france and i did a top five athletes to ever you know play sports i guess and we didn't mention trace hansen and someone came to me and was livid and said if you would have watched trace base play baseball you would have put him number one and i said well i've watched ryan zimmerman i've watched all these and they said no stop if you would have watched and they were dead serious if you would watched trace hansen you would have uh you would have absolutely loved him and i know we only got about 60 seconds left coach i want to really quickly thank you for coming in and you know as a as a water boy, it's 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 hard to fit into the baseball team, and I think, you know, to get personal here, my sophomore year I got bullied a lot in high school, and I remember at one point you pulled the seniors aside and you said this is this is going to stop, and you're going to protect them, and I've never told you thank you for everything you did in the four years for me, and I'm sorry about that, and so I want to take the time right now over air to tell you thank you so much. Because you cared about baseball, but more importantly, you cared about the kids, whether they were sophomore, they were varsity, whether they were the water boy or the starting pitcher, you treated them all the same. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, that, that means a lot. That, that's why, why we're in this business. So I appreciate that a bunch. For Coach Hanson, for Eric France, and Amadji Salison, tomorrow's show, don't forget, Tony Jones, 5 o'clock here on the Full Court Press, uh, and uh, we'll talk to me about jazz basketball. Well, and the latest, what's going on with the NFL? We're not done yet, Free agency and trades. Have a great night, everybody. Stay safe.